Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta episode 50, Riders in the Skies. This is the last episode of Zeta, but not our last episode of Zeta. Um, this week we have with us Scotty P. When I think about the title of this episode, it's Riders in the Skies. It makes me think of the doors, right? Riders on the Storm. So if I had to recut Zeta, I would just make 49 and 50 one continuous episode. But I think in between the content of what we see, what what would be cool to see is you just show some of the rest of the space battle and you throw that song on because it's got some late 70s early 80s spacey kind of vibes anyway that'd be pretty rad it kind of like the battle of like a coup just like have have long scenes of things blowing up yeah but at the same time you hear the music going you're like wow i should be high for this <laughs> and luke i wonder if uh the 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 o is going to be finished in this episode or if it's gonna if it's gonna keep going for a while, I wonder My, if there'll be more than one. Maybe, maybe that'll be interesting. I, I know either way it'll be satisfying, though. I just I just finished my O. Gunpla. Your 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 opener of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they are still fighting outside the colony laser. Um. Camille is comforting Emma. Uh, they're they're like in some like damaged uh, fighter or some damaged vest uh, sh- ship, um, and Emma's basically fucked up. Uh, she says she tells Camille that she wants him to absorb his her life to make him stronger so she, he can end the battle. Um, it's weird. Uh, she says that life is drawn into the Zeta and to make it stronger and it would be able to end the battle. Yeah. She says she saw how the Zeta can use the wills of other people and turn it into power. And so she is talking about what she saw at the end of the last battle with Kamil and and Yazan, what she would have witnessed floating around injured. And this is, this is pretty fucking literal. Yeah. Um, this is how the biosensor works. It's the most explanation you're going to get of it in this show. Yep. So Camille, yeah. Camille tells Emma that he, he understands and tells her not to feel lonely. And then like the scene ends, but I'm pretty sure at this point, he just like sucks her soul out. <laughs> <laughs> there's a look of scotty disagreeing with me but like i'm pretty sure camille is a soul vampire right now you just like that I, okay no i was trying to figure out if you were being serious and i just realized no and really I, I, I was gonna say i didn't it didn't really read that way to me <laughs> camille watches as emma dies and drags her soul down to the Zeta with Earth's gravity or something along those lines. Um, Would you say your soul was weighed down by Camille? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Poor Emma gets an actual touching, peaceful death scene. And that's what we do. (laughs) Yeah. She, (laughs) She like dies of her injuries or being sucked out into the vacuum of space or vampire Camille. And yeah, <laughs> it's one of these things. Um, God, he's over here like, it was so touching. And Wayne's <laughs> like, and then, and then Camille ate her. <laughs> yeah, it was touching. <laughs> it was, she, she was actually given like a, a pretty, uh, a pretty emotional death scene. Uh, and kind of like it's a battle scene like she's dead right like and and they're in a battle and there's not much honors you can give to her body so uh camille like you know puts puts her head on a glove and then opens up his opens up the the vent and she kind of like 
floats into the space and out of the, the ship. Well, so it's one of those things too, that a lot of the characters in Zeta die. Yeah. Most of, most of them. I actually and, skipped ahead when I gave that description. So yeah, don't okay. worry. <laughs> uh, most of them get either very sudden or what you would not call like a good death. Right. It's they screwed up. They did the wrong thing. They're dying for the wrong reason. They're dying for no reason. And Emma, yeah, she screwed up too, but at least has some final moments mm-hmm. with someone. Yeah. She's not, oh shit, or man, I didn't mean to do that. Mm-hmm. And not with a ghost. Yeah. So Fahil's, uh hears Camille's primal scream in space. Uh, so he sent, she senses Camille's like rage and frustration and all that stuff. Um, and she reacts. Um, and we learn that Bright wants to lure more enemies into the, the colony lasers reach to take them out. Um, and he's willing to kind of put the argument risk to kind of bring people into that uh, zone. Yeah. Well, um, they're, they're also too far out to radio yeah. groups too, to tell them to take a shot because in a battle like this, the Minovsky particle density is way up there and they've got to get way close to it to even be able to give yep. the order. Yep. So Camille is ordered to defend the laser uh, I don't think it's clear if he did he actually get the order or were they just like sending it out into the ether? Uh, I think he does. I think he does because the Argama sees that there's three suits flying towards it, and they're mm-hmm. also going towards it. Yeah. So the implication here to me is that they Bright is able to tell Camille to protect the laser because otherwise, like you know, Camille would be kind of maybe directionless. So. So Shar wants to prevent Sirocco from destroying the laser. Um, I, we had mentioned earlier uh, in uh, towards the end of episode forty nine, uh, Shar, Sirocco, and Haman were kind of in a in a three way fight along the same time that that Camille, uh, Yazan, and Rekoa started their three way. Um, so Sirocco enters the colony laser. Uh, and starts just like breaking shit to try to damage the laser and, and stop it from being used. Uh, and Haman, she doesn't really give a shit, but she's like, ah, this is funny. I'll help out. Um, Haman and Shiraco at this point decide to team up against Shar. Uh, and Haman offers Shar a chance to join her. And he's like, this is her, you know, you know, join me, Shar. We'll you know, restore the zombies, blah, 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 blah. Um, and of course he turns it down and Sirocco blows uh, his leg off after telling him that, after telling Char that he never matured as a new type and just should die. So that's the second limb he loses. Haman cuts off the right arm, just at the elbow uh, before this. And the, all the while they're fighting in these, they look like big vacuum tubes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and there is a, there's a line in here. There's a couple of good lines of dialogue. Sometimes the intermobile suit yelling at one another in a climactic battle is crap. There's some, some zingers in here. Um, when Amon is saying to, it's not too late for him. Shar just, he says, cut your nonsense or he uses the word nonsense in there somewhere. Uh, another good one. And this is actually, uh, was something I noticed. I didn't write down what the subtitles were, but they were different from the dub, but I really like the dub here. Shiraco calls, um, Char, a wannabe new type. And he says, a mongrel like you must be cold. And I thought that was a, an effective line for a guy like Shiraco. Really like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shiraco just has no respect for Char. He's basically, like you're worthless. Like you, you had like an ember and you never embraced it. And now you're just like, you're, you're wasted. Um, so flashback to Camille and Emma, uh, Camille leaves Emma's body, 
uh, floats off into zero G and out of the colony as he leaves or out of the, the damaged ship as he leaves it. Um, and then Haman sneaks off to take out Shar by herself. Um, they're like, they get out of their suits. We always learn that this is a bad idea, but they all do it anyway. Uh, why, why take out somebody with a, a giant robot when you can do it with a little pistol in a, in a auditorium? What you kind of see here. So Shar is, flies away after he loses a second limb of the Hyakushiki and then after you have the scene with Camille and Emma, where he finally leaves her body behind, this is several minutes. He's just been in there with it, but um, I'm on, you cut back over there. She finds the Hyakushiki. It's in some part of grips too. And Haman kind of implies that he left the suit and went to a residential district. So Shiraku then fire uh, follows behind her. We go back to the Argama again. They are trying to lure the enemy while the laser charges. So now you can presume they've gotten close enough yep. to give an order, but that laser needs time to charge. And especially because of the damage that's been done in the battle that we just saw. And Bright's also telling Saigusa, like when this is charged, you need to be ready to get, get GTFO here, man. Like yep. we got to get out of the area once this thing is charged. Um, and now is when we have, a scene that is over dramatic on purpose. It has to be. Yep. So um, <laughs> I read this and I get, oh yeah. All right. So Haman quarters Shar in an auditorium. Um, and then Shiraco shows up too. And he says that Shar wants to bend the world to his own will. Uh, I, I say this like dramatically because again, it's over dramatic. Uh, and then Haman offers to kill Shiraco if Shar joins her. So he, she gets another, he gets another offer. Hey, join me. Like, do, do all the stuff that I'm trying to do and we'll, we'll be cool. And Shari says, I'm open to wait for the earth to adjust to new types. Like, so he's like, I will be patient and, and, and let the earth adjust to this new way of, of being. And he says that Haman is repeating the same mistakes by using the zombies. Um, and then Camille shows up. Yeah, so there's some good stuff in here. For one, who's running the spotlight? <laughs> That's odd. It's auto, man. It's auto. Okay. Yeah, I can. Yeah, we got mobile suits. We can have automatic spotlights <laughs> or motion sensing ones or something like that. Uh, two, really like how uh, Gundam Seed calls back to this. Wait, that never mind. Sorry, just sorry. Um, <laughs> No. So when Shar is talking to Haman, one of the things he mentioned is that he does not want to guide the world down the wrong path. Because Haman's basically kind of saying to him, like, by sticking with Agug, instead of being with someone like me that's trying to do something, you're not doing anything. And he doesn't want to guide the world down the wrong path, is what he says. And he also mentions because his life is in danger. So he bluffs a little bit and he says it would be all right without him. But he also, like you said, he says that humanity will eventually awaken to its new type gifts. So the world will change and I can wait for that day to come. And it's one of those lines that to me makes Char's counterattack harder to watch every time. Um, because they're like, yeah, we've got, you've got nuance to him here, to his position. And you've got someone that's sort of made up their mind and, and then, you know, the 10 minutes of screen time later, when you look at all of Char's screen time or whatever, he's basically authoritarian blacks. Yep. Like what the fuck? Um, yep. So I, I really like what they do for Char's character here. Um, just don't expect follow through. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is, we talked about this before, like, uh, I don't know how much they they, they had known that Char's counterattack was going to be a thing when they knew it, and... Uh, it's kind of yeah. my thought, too, like, they couldn't have, like, piggybacking on what Scotty said, like, I kind of watched this stuff back-to-back, -back, um, like, rapid-fire, and it just didn't feel cohesive, really, in terms of how they developed Char, 
And it just, it seemed really strange. They can't have possibly have been planning for it that way. Uh, but it begs the question of like, if that's, even if that's the case, why did they do Charles counterattack that way? Right. So the, we'll talk about this more when we actually get there. Some of the idea I think was it's a movie and people that saw the other movies, they didn't see Zeta and double Zeta. So the next movie they see, if you just go mobile suit Gundam and then Char's counterattack, Makes okay. sense. Yeah. The problem is this 50 episodes of character development in between. Um, it, it's There is, I think, in, in the early uh, UC series, as beloved as they are, as great as some of the animation is, uh, there's not a lot of cohesive, consistent, long-term planning. Even in even the course of Zeta, as you look at how the plot bounces around, right? There's a plan but there's not a plan. And I think this is just another thing like in the whole meta series. There was clearly a plan and intention for Char beyond this, but I don't think anyone had a great idea of, you know, maybe they knew the destination, but nobody thought about the journey in between like this point and the uh, evil space dictator point. Well, yeah, I think too, like if, if Tamino had been told like, Hey, listen, like, over the next 40, 50 years, you're going to get to like write this universal century thing out like over like, you know, two, 300 episodes of different shows and a bunch of different movies, like have fun. Uh, I think you would have had a much, maybe not completely coherent, but like more coherent story. I know it. I know how to fix this. I know how to fix it. We get uh, Topher Grace uh, from that 70s show yes that Topher Grace to recut all of Universal Century into one seven hour movie like he did with Star Wars and fix it <laughs> I'm just thinking of Roberto in the first Zeta movie when he goes what's going on right now that's a real thing that I did not just make up I know apparently it's amazing does, does Roberto actually die in the movies yeah, I think. he does. I I don't remember him actually dying anywhere in the movies. Like happily gets a death, but I don't remember Roberto dying in the movies. Because it's in the it's before that. Um, it's the first time they go to Earth. Then maybe uh, they skip. They might skip it. I think they skip um, his death. I, I was like watch, watching him and, and thinking that I was like, Roberto doesn't go, die. I'm not gonna go back and look, but <laughs> you, you could be right there. All right. So, um, yeah. Moving on. Yeah, so Camille shows up at the end of this uh, stage play and his aura freaks everybody out. Um, Camille wants to kill everybody whose souls are dragged down by Earth's gravity at this point in his life. I think he explicitly said this. Yeah, they had to get it in one more time. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, Sirocco gives his his speech you know everybody's like telling what they want to do at this point so it's Sirocco's turn he says i want a handful of geniuses to rule the world and common people can't do shit so fuck them um and then fa shows up and is like uh camille and shara get the fuck out and and shoots at at uh haman and Sirocco. she's she has no no overarching world plan. She's just like, no, get out. <laughs> uh, just shows up at the back of the theater. And the first thing she thinks to do is shoot Shirako. Good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good Camille woman. Lock, Camille lock that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then we get to cut to all three of them escaping and Shar is saying, we got to leave before they fire. Um, we have a quick shot of the argument noting that the laser is at, uh, 30%, which is good enough to fire. Um, so all of them launch in their mobile suits within grips to Hyagashiki's beat to hell. Um, Aman sees it, figures they're running because the laser's about to fire, right? Because Aman and Shiraco don't know that. They don't know that they're about to use it again. They went in there to immobilize it so that they couldn't, but they didn't know they were about to again, but Aman intuits that. Um, knows that's like bad news when i'm sure they could like see those those cathode ray tubes charging up too if this were like 
real, right? Like they would be charging up and maybe glowing or something. Probably blinded by that spotlight, man. You ever been hit by stage lights? You can't That's see true. shit. It's true. You don't have to worry about being afraid of an audience if you're up on a big stage with very, very bright lights. You can't see them. <laughs> so anyway, at this point, Camille is saying that he is going to fight and the others can go on. So Camille is trying to play sacrifice here because he wants Char basically to go out and and do his thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean and and practically Camille's suit is still in one piece uh and it's not the shitty Methus. So <laughs> Yep, but now we also here have Bright noticing that they are in there and he actually holds the stays the order to fire and it's sort of a flip of what happens with the radish. Yeah. Because the crew's like, fuck them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, we can, we can end this. Yeah. Um, every, everybody's like the targets are getting out uh, away and, and bright's like, eh, yeah, hold off buddy. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like bright sticks around so long. Yeah. But, uh, Char's telling Fa to go on and get out. He's going to go help Camille. So he does. Camille's like, what are you doing? And then you kind of get a visual of things like charging up behind them. Like that's when you get kind of what you noted lane um, where someone could visually see stuff is happening. And Sorako says that the laser will overload and essentially like this colony laser will blow up if it doesn't fire soon. So uh, Bright has like two chop choices at this point, right? Like he knows he either has to fire it or lose the colony laser altogether. Yeah, Torres says that, not Scirocco. Oh, it was Torres. I thought it was Scirocco. Very different characters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, um, yeah. They're so, all the same. right, right. But uh, oh yeah, and for some reason in here we have a scene showing uh, Shinta and Kum finding Hassan on the ship. And they say Monik needs help. And they're they're scared, and I was like, "Why is this scene in this?" <laughs> they're still alive. We just have to re- reiterate that they're still alive. Uh, I didn't need probably this exactly game. what that was. They're gonna show up again. This was someone's great idea of like, oh, you know, just bef- before these episodes, and let's just remind them that they're you know they're good, they're good, you know. But and then we could show the ships in danger too, and uh, kind of stops the pace dead at that point. But then we we move right back on. So. Um, Oh, sorry, Lane. Torres tells Bright about it, things going critical, and then Shirako mentions it. My bad. I wasn't wrong! Yep. <laughs> you were not. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, Fa yeah. shows up and tries to get Camille out of the laser, and Shar uh, tells Camille that the world won't change if, if kids like Camille continue to die in these battles. Basically, he's like, hey, you want... You want things to change you want people's souls to stop being dragged down by earth's gravity like come on you got you gotta not die um and they retreat and the colony laser fires and fries emma's body yep so emma's officially dead now uh if she wasn't (laughs) just if you were like not sure if she's gonna make it or not (laughs) <laughs> yeah no now she's been uh, fried with the laser but you get a, a decent exchange of dialogue here in between camille and char um you have char saying that the older generation won't build the new era so he's one of the he's in a weird in-between state but he is generally of the like he's the adults and he's saying like we've already screwed this up we need you children's to survive and but you also have camille saying that he had stayed there so that Shar could escape because so many people have died so that Shar could change the world. And you kind of get this sense that Camille has really just bought in to Shar's ideals that he's been talking about and what you hear at the, you know, during the Dakar speech and the other things that he's been talking about, this new type awakening of humanity and blah, 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 blah. Camille's like, yep, I'm with you. There we go. Signed up, registered. There we go. Uh, I'm in the, the Shar thing and, and I'll vote for you. And, um, so then they all are like, okay, everybody gets out. You do get a quick shot. Um, just a couple of lights leaving after our protagonists leave groups too. You get a couple of lights leave it so that you know that the Cubalandio got out. 
because they wouldn't punk them like that. Yeah. Um, but we learned that it does, the laser does take out uh, the Titan fleet. So the Titan fleet is destroyed. And I think they, they don't explicitly say it, but like we learn very shortly afterwards that uh, a lot of the, the Axis fleet was also destroyed. Yeah. Hamon um, just calls it a disaster. Um, and yeah, but Shirako does basically explicitly say the fleet's gone. We can no longer defeat the AU. Yeah. Yep. So Haman uh, tells uh, Mineva, I think she's telling Mineva at this point, that uh, th she wants to retreat so they continue fighting later. Um, this is definitely not a setup for the next series. <laughs> um, and um, yeah. I wanted to look up, uh, I, should, I meant to have this pulled up in, before this, I'm sorry. Um, give me one second to do some scrolling here. So this scene is a little bit weird, right? Because you're in the middle of. Yeah. It's a flashback. No, it's not. It's not. No, it is not. Um, it, it is. The Cubole goes to Axis or they show her flying towards Axis. She's really going to the, you know, the Guanban. And then she's talking to Maneva. And she's saying she recommends that would draw their ships for the battles to come. And Maneva's like, okay, I trust your decision. So this is basically some, her saying, like, hey, we need to just withdraw for now. Um, and But this is not a flashback. So the, what I was looking up just now, this battle, it's like a three-day battle in 4950. Yeah. But you don't, it doesn't do a good job in the actual show of showing you that. Yeah. At all. I, I had read, yeah, I, I had Red, not red, red, but like I had inferred that basically this was like a flashback to earlier in the battle where they're like, ah, oh, yeah, let's go send some of our better ships out because uh, we're getting wrecked. But yeah, it's hard to tell what's going on because like it doesn't flow well. Yeah, the movie doesn't do this. So that's a little improvement there. Um, well, I mean, the movie also just doesn't well set up for double Zeta either. It moves it to the end and does something different. But yeah. within this part of the story, it doesn't have Haman's pit stop or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Camille and Sir Akko fight um, and they call each other names. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Camille says, I'm better better be it i'm rather be a child than be evil like you um and then legless char fights him on so i guess this is why like i figured it was like the same a continuation of the same battle because like the akushiki still doesn't have a fucking leg and it's like out there fighting that's why it stops things like weirdly dead right like she goes she talks to maneva and she goes right back out it's yeah yeah um because so she wouldn't be she would the, and here, sorry my last point yep. on it it can't be a flashback because she wouldn't go to maneva and say we need to withdraw most of the rest of our forces for things later if they hadn't just lost a bunch of stuff from grips too they were on the they were on the offensive right yeah they were trying to take out like so that she would not have done, made that move until after grips two fires but this scene also makes it look like how the hell did you fit that in yeah <laughs> The timeline does just, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Maybe if she like made a call through her suit, like got close to the ship and was like, hey, withdraw, and then like flew back into the battle. Like, yeah. okay, I'll take that. But like, yeah. I kind of got the sense that they did not intend to put it there. And then they went back later and stuffed it in. You've got this five second scene with Mineva. Here, put it here. Put it here. It makes sense. Go ahead. Yeah, and I mean, a radio call would have made a lot more sense or something like that, right? Uh, because it's it, it's almost like maybe they scripted it that way and then like somewhere in between it getting over to like the storyboarders and animators, it became Haman's on the Guanban. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they are, they're, they're fighting and the Hyakushiki is all messed up. Um, Char's beam wrecked. rifle's empty. Yeah, the funnels uh, fire. Char does dodge it and maneuver into a wrecked cruiser. And 
Haman flies up though, and he, he, you know, he thinks, okay, this is a good spot for me. But Haman flies up, and uh, he then slams her from behind and pushes the cubelay against a wall. And he's like, he's thinking back to like the Elmeth and shit, right? He's like, this little cramped space, you can't use those. Yeah. Nah, man. Nah, 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 bro. You can't do that in here. And then Haman's like, bitch, please. <laughs> and now, after those funnels attack, the Hyakushiki has uh, no limbs. Yeah. Yeah. He's a <sighs> quadriplegic at this point. Um, so. Yeah, she's got him, like, basically holding him down onto the ground, getting ready to kill him, offering him, you know, one last chance. And he sees, like, an exposed piece of wire from this this uh, damaged cruiser. And he uses his uh, head cannon or head turrets or whatever you want to call them to shoot at that exposed area. Uh, and it blows the ship up that they were fighting in. Uh, the Cubelet is able to get out and we don't, we, we assume from this, this picture that the Hyakushiki is more or less destroyed along with Char. Yeah. It um, appeared that he was stuck inside. There wasn't really anything he could do yeah. to get out. Well, the, the, yeah, the, the good part again on the dialogue here is when he's, he's done, right? I mean, no limbs left on the thing. You got nothing left but the head Vulcans. And Haman's just saying, you're you're finished. And Char is coming back with, who says that's your choice to make? And that's when he shoots the head Vulcans and blows up the ship around them. So obviously a suicide attack, but he's in his head going out with like on his own terms of his own volition. Uh, and then Haman's lamenting how they could have been great partners. It's funny. You said head cannon because my head cannon here is that he does die here. This Shar dies. That is not the actual story. Um, that is not a fan theory. There's nothing to back it up. It's wishful thinking, but logically it makes sense that he is dead here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Char's counterattack is Char's clone's counterattack. Let's go with that. <laughs> Here, Char Asenwal, Lieutenant Quattro Bagina. Uh, what is, what is it? Eduardo. Eduardo is whatever is Casval <laughs> Zunbaikun. This is his end. He is dead. Furthermore, it is Char too. <laughs> um, so. Camille wants to punish Shiraku, even if it costs him his body and soul. Um, Camille starts hearing the voices of women in his life as he's fighting. Um, he starts channeling their spirits through his body and, and through the Zeta. Um, and all the spirits fight against Sarah. So like Sarah like appears in front of, of, of Camille and the Zeta and is like, no, I won't let you uh, kill Big Daddy Sirocco. Um, he's, he's awesome. And, um, Kotz's, Kotz's ghost shows up and says, uh, everybody can be as one, even, even with Sirocco, we can all be like one person. Um, and everybody's like trying to convince Sarah to get the fuck out of the way. Um, I don't know why he doesn't just fire through her spirit, but anyway, um, the Zeta at this point goes super Saiyan. Uh, I, this is probably like level two, maybe. I don't know. Um, and the women of the voice reach the women's voices reach out to Sirocco and tell him that Camille can channel their power. Um, do you want to say anything here, Scotty, before I go any further? I feel like this is like a Scotty moment to talk. Oh, yeah, you have already compressed half a page of my notes into <laughs> whatever you were doing. <laughs> um, well, I mean, look, this is the climactic scene of the, it the, is, the, it the is. episode it's, show. It's, so. it's hard to summarize this stuff, like, because it, 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 there's space ghosts talking to Camille. Well, so we don't summarize, right? We can, we can break this down because okay. this is a confusing scene. 
especially if it's your first time through the show. And the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, we, we've gone full. This is way beyond <laughs> the crazy stuff with Shar and Lala and naked people floating in, in space, too. Mm-hmm. And this is the scene I go back to when super cool edgelords on the internet try to say that they didn't like unicorn because of all the unrealistic new type ghosty stuff at the end of it. No, you didn't like unicorn because it's too new to be cool. Okay. (laughs) On your edgelord internet. This scene is absolute kooky, crazy new type space ghost stuff. You have to buy into that bullshit and suspend your disbelief for this scene to work. And the whole last few episodes have been leading up to this, I think. Yeah. I mean, especially episode 49 has been leading up to this. And um, I mean, there's been a handful of other scenes, but um, the, the whole new type space magic has been like... Been a consistent thing for... A few like, episodes. Progressively bigger, but it's well, been it's, a consistent thing. It, it's us. like one of those... <laughs> It's like one of those curves, like, you know, it like slowly throughout the series. Just, I mean, just like with Z- like the original series, the original series basically goes from zero to a hundred instantly. Right. But like this one is like, you get like a few episodes of where it's like space magic, space magic, space magic, space magic. Oh my God. Space magic. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like this whole show is like space wizards driving giant man, like man bots and, the whole like it's too space ghosty for me. I'm like, but they, they you, went. Wait, you you want to you want to find a middle ground between space ghost and not space ghost enough? They started this show with the concept of new types better than they started the original Mobile Suit Gundam with the concept of new types, right? Right. So you're you're building on that evolution, and so you, like they had some of that intuition already built into these guys, so they just took it to the next level. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So. Anyway, what you've got going on at, at the start of this scene, is, other than just the fighting, Camille starts talking to, it sounds like himself, but he's talking to the dead, saying that a monster like Shiraku doesn't deserve to live. So now we kind of get a roll call going on. All right. And we've got this first ghost. You hear Emma saying that he's too impatient. And then the second ghost here, voice, remember this one? Lila is asking him, what he should do when his opponent is stronger, like in this case, what should he do? And it's find a way to be stronger implied. They never say it, but Camille says, you all can use my body. What the fuck does he mean by that? Well, what we're about to do kids, something that's a very bad idea, but it will help you defeat a space overlord like Shirako. Uh, <laughs> Edge Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. We're going to start channeling the new type ghosts or the souls or whatever dead people via the biosensor of the Zeta Gundam. I have a note about that, just real quick, just a really small one. Like earlier on, maybe, I didn't even remember if it was this series or if it was when we were doing uh, uh, doing the original series. Uh, but we talked about Tamino has said that Camille is by far the strongest new type in Universal Century, by far. And I think that this is considered the point where that is the case. Like, kind of, this is kind of his peak new typiness. That's weird because I had I had always assumed. I, I mean, I I think I've heard that too, but I had always assumed that um, judo was the strongest new type in in Gundam. Well, without like spoiling anything for that, I think there are reasons why judo is as powerful as he is, and I think there is some involvement with other people like Camille. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's tough to power scale it, right? We don't have the no one's there with the scouter to look at Camille right now and then look at Judo at the He's climax. He's power level 10,000. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and it's all situational, right? But in this situation, I could, you know, I can believe it. Um, I would I would also lean towards Judo overall, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think either is a, a wrong way to go. I mean, ultimately, they don't really fight at the same time. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll never know. Uh, so... 
now we've got our gathering of spirits going on and look, they explained the biosensor very poorly, but just if you're confused at this point of the episode, he is channeling souls and the Zeta is going, has the technology via its biosensor, which is inter, you know, interfacing with the psycho waves that Camille's mind is able to uh, detect and give off as a new type. And we're going to, use these spirits and this energy to power up the suit. Basically. Think of like a, a shitty inefficient version of Saikamu. Maybe. It ends up being pretty efficient. Well, um, no, no. I mean like as far as like like early Saikamu. Yeah. Roman yeah, Saikamu. yeah. It's yeah, early yeah, Saikamu yeah. that like yes. obviously uh, as we'll see shortly has some detrimental effects because it's not as yeah well this is a bit past the psychomu but this is uh like early psycho frame yeah, yeah sorry that's yeah, what yeah, i meant yeah. sorry that's what i meant yeah early okay. like inefficient psycho frame okay okay all right cool um sorry didn't mean to be pedantic <laughs> no 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 you're right because i mean psychomu was a thing earlier in the show right like yeah, yeah it was on the psycho gundam and yeah um Anyway, so now we've got um, our spirits again. We, you know, we already saw Emma and Lila. Then we see Emma again. We see Cots. This is when we get the part with Sarah. She's like, "No, I need to protect Shirako." And then even Rekoa, yeah, this is when you see her ghost saying, "No, Sarah, get out of the way." Uh, Razamia kind of joins that chorus. Uh, Four adds on to that. Lead things to Camille. Sarah's ghost is still being stubborn, so Cots gets to do one more thing. His ghost is telling Sarah to think with her heart, not her head and to turn back and look at and see what Camille is and look at it. And it's the O and Kat says, um, you know, even, even he could join. Um, even Kat he can even be he, as one with everybody. Yeah. And because when he says to look at the O that's the, it's the only thing that's there. You don't have these spirits gathering near Shirako. They're gathering near Camille. And it's a kind of this concept of we're already dead and we can be one together in the afterlife. And through Camille, even Shirako could be like that. We could even let's, like reform. Let's kill, let's kill Shirako and then like Shirako can live in Camille's head space too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> so Chiraco in the meantime is going what he, he is the first time viewer of Zeta Gundam at this point <laughs> He's, he, he can see it absorbing some kind of energy and powering up the Zeta starts to do that glowing thing again and Chiraco is confused thinking like is this some new weapon I haven't seen then you get Camille saying that he could never understand the foreign Razamia ghost also chime in about how the Zeta Gundam can channel this kind of power. These ghosts are also um, like kind of draping Camille. Like this is a, it's like an NES game cover and Camille's about to lose his shirt and be real buff. And <laughs> they're about to have on bikinis. They're going to go fight dinosaurs. He's anyway. by you, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, 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 posing is anyway um whatever camille gets his hair on finally it's supposed to make camille look cool camille gets his hair on finally yep and cots is in it shirako is now looking worried because he heard women's voices my note on this part was after exactly what i just said it's dash lol <laughs> um, he knows uh, but but also what we're seeing here is that this is when Camille goes on the offensive again and the Zeta is suddenly the, the O is suddenly no freaking match right. for the Zeta at all. Uh, he slices up the rifle. He transforms the Zeta into wave rider mode and he starts to charge. You see those ghosts flying alongside of it and you get our, like the most gore we've gotten since the death of Cassilia Zabi. Where we have the nose of that wave rider mode go through the O's cockpit and just gores Shirako in the 
middle of his body in the torso. Yeah. And not only that, like Sharako mentions too, like his suit is not responding to him at this point. Like yeah. the, the, whatever Camille is doing uh, outside of the suit, it's also affecting his suit. I, I had a note here and it's going to probably ruin the eloquence of this discussion, but I, I had written uh, Shirako dies when Camille sticks the tip in. <laughs> and it was just the tip. Because it wasn't enough to instantly kill him. Hey, his suit's called the O. <laughs> and he gets killed by phallic imagery, ultimately. Yeah. I mean, one of the episodes of our show is like the method or the methods gets fucked to death by by Yazan or something like that. I <laughs> so, mean, <laughs> there's a lot of penetration in Zeta. <laughs> yeah, and and it's almost though I'm looking at my master grade Zeta, and so that end of the Wave Rider mode is the shield, and if you look when the Zeta comes back off of there, it leaves it there. So it's almost like he impales him with a condom. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the name of this episode. Impaled by a condom. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I mean, you stuck with us for a year. That's probably on brand for us. <laughs> you know? So, um, so, uh, but as Shirako is, this is before the O explodes. As Shirako is basically dying, he says he's going. He says to Camille, "It's something like Camille, be done. I will take your soul with me, or something." that an edge lord would say while they were dying. Yeah. And so he starts raging. Yeah, the um wave rider kind of falls away, uh the O explodes and Camille sees this light that Shirako had given off it kind of blinds him. Yeah. And uh now we have uh the ending the actual ending because our enemy is defeated. The Methus has picked up the Zeta. It's still in Wave Rider mode. Fa's yelling for Camille to respond. He doesn't for a little bit. He finally does, and he is, um, he, he's, he's full lost it now. Yeah. He says, I see a star blinking on and off. Comets move like zoom. He's like tripping balls. And he goes, it can't be a comet. His comet moves like swoosh. Um, and man, I gotta say, I I was uh, I had I had done this. I took a note about this. I thought, oh, I'm gonna sound so smart saying this here. It could be like an allusion to Char. And I listened to Mobile Suit Breakdowns episode in this episode, and they, and they pointed this out. And I was like, damn it, my original thought was not actually original at all. Damn it. <laughs> so that's that um but then he starts talking about how it's hot in there he's looking for like an exit he's like starting to panic he takes his helmet off yeah he's like um, standing up and walking around in the cockpit yeah and Fa's like oh crap he's lost his mind yeah she she yeah she calls and calls out to the argo and asks for help at this point mm-hmm. um, um picks up the mark ii on the way Empty, yep. but says you want to go back to yeah we got to keep selling your toy next year too that's right and um then the last thing you get is shot of the sun going behind the earth and the hyakushiki torso floating by with the cockpit open the end the end um so Kind of the, the things, yeah. The ending is super abrupt. Oh yeah, super abrupt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like this would be the perfect place for like a the end, and then the torso, the Hyakushiki, like floats into view, and then it's like dot dot dot, or is it? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually surprised it's it kind of feels so definitive, given that a week later the sequel series starts airing. <laughs> but you know you think i'm just going to assume that on the broadcast there must have been some commercial after it right watch the next series please um so i mean i, I kind of talked about a lot of what's going on with you know camille being mentally broken here and 
I think one of the things that I didn't touch on is that, you know, my, my take on this has, has evolved over time. I think the easy interpretation of it is that it's Shiraco's will is able to, in its last moment, sort of mess up Camille's head. That's, I think, still completely valid as an interpretation. Um, but what I think, based on other things in the series, is that what Camille is doing to defeat Shiraco is actually really, really bad for you as a human, that you are not meant to do that kind of stuff. And Shiraco ends up sort of interfering with that connection and cutting it off in a way that makes it even more disruptive and harmful. But that's all that he's ultimately doing there. Yeah, I read it slightly differently. I mean, I think I think we're in the same general ballpark. Uh, but I read it as kind of I had hinted earlier is like the the biosensor is a very immature technology, right? And Camille is processing this, and it's like uh, you know you try to push a whole one of bunch of voltage through a cheap wire, and eventually like all of that voltage overheats the wire and it catches fire, even if it's shielded. Right. Um, and that's, and I, I don't know if I read that, that Sirocco had much to do with that. I mean, other than like pissing Char or pissing Camille off, but um, I mean, it's possible. I, I don't see that direct connection. It's, uh, but I don't discount it. I just see like Camille is doing something that like overloads his brain and is unable to recover from it. Yeah. Um, I like, I, the analogy with the wire is really good. Like that's, that's very good. I think the only, the only thing that gets, that can push back on that a little bit. And I, I only, I say only a little bit because it's, it ends up being like a mobile suit generation beyond double Zeta has the same thing. Judo does do something similar and he's okay. But he's also got the next generation of the technology. Exactly what I had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, still... and to be fair, uh, I mean, this is jumping ahead way further. Like Camille, maybe kind of gets better after a while. Yeah. So yeah. like he's overloaded and it just takes a while for his brain to get back into pieces. I, I don't know. I like getting hit by lightning. Yeah. And, and going into a coma and yeah. waking up your, your, his brain is fried and like he needs it. it, it he, he's hitting the reboot button. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's fucked up though. Um, yeah. I mean, I have some longer thoughts on this. You guys, I had sent you guys an email like a month ago or more, mm -hmm. um, you know, about a lot of this stuff. And I think I ended up kind of covering most of it. And if I go back to some of this other stuff, I'm either jumping way, way, way ahead or going back to things that we've already talked about that I don't know if I need to kind of jump back into it. But, um, you know, it, it kind of, it's a fitting ending, I think, for the series. Um, it's not a happy ending at all. It's, it's, actually kind of depressing right like almost every character is dead that like mattered you haman's left maneva's left but she's a supporting cast right like look at your main characters like who's left bright fawn haman and camille kind of is yeah. it kind of right um so yeah that's not a very happy ending you got a lot of people dead a lot of people mia you've got entire like fleets wiped out um Fate's left ambiguous. What's the state of the AUG fleet? Even though they just won this big battle, they've obviously had heavy losses. Um, and there's, uh, if, if Will permit me to jump ahead a little bit, the first episode of Double Zeta is mostly like a clip show recap show. Um, it's weird, but it also makes sense that, I mean, these days shows would just take a break for a week, um, but they didn't do that one of the few bits of that first very first episode, some people call it episode zero of double Zeta, which is it's fine. If you want to do that um, prelude, double Zeta is the name of the episode. One of the only shots of actual things happening. It's you go to the Argama, Shinta and Coomer playing around. Fa is watching them and bright comes up to her and 
they kind of have some small talk and that's about it. And then Fa like goes back and it's like, you know, it, it's just like surreal because it's like a scene you would see in Zeta when they cut to the Argama and stuff's happening. But now there's nobody left. They're yeah, gone. The, it's the, weird. And we'll get to this shortly. Um, but the first bit of double Zeta is Zeta. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's it really in, in my head, it's one, you know, uh, 97 episode series. Yeah. Uh, but and, and I, I that, feel like if it bit. I feel like if it would have ended, like if Zeta would have actually ended with Zeta, you know, like if the story was done and there was no double Zeta, there would have been another episode or two. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely say that. Or a the movie that happens is a it's like the pattern that shows do now where they do a season or two and then they do a movie and say yeah. another season. Yeah, uh, I you know maybe see something like that happening, but um, yeah, for sure. Um, you know we're going to talk about the movie on our next episode. That's also kind of a wrap up, so I won't keep going too much longer on this. But I will say that in the movie, when the wave rider pushes away from the O, they gave it this really detailed new transformation sequence back <laughs> yeah. into the mobile suit mode, and it does this freaking like power pose when it gets back into the mobile suit mode. Like it's, um, I, I look, I love transformers. I always bring it up when Cyclonus first is appears because Unicron just reformatted someone and he does that. I'm awesome pose. It's the same one that the Zeta Gundam does in the third movie. It's, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah, the, the third movie's worth watching. It's fun to watch. New animated scenes. We will talk about it and then some just overall thoughts of Zeta in the next episode. Uh, we're not going to do... I don't think we're going to do a step-by-step uh, a, a step on the movie, but we will discuss some of the differences, especially the uh, last 15 minutes, probably. Yeah, and there are some actual new scenes inserted into it so we'll talk about that but generally that movie is a handful of episodes recut with some new scenes yep yep so we are almost done with zeta one more episode of zeta folks it's been a long journey we we've done zeta through covid <laughs> you know i'd have to go back and look at when we started but it was it was around that time and here we are we've all got at least our first shots so you got both of yours lane let me look just just for shits and giggles sake we did our first episode of zeta eh, july of 2020 so hey, we, we, we were in the in the deep of it uh i guess when covid started back in march we uh well April 1st, we did our uh, Lovers of Trendy Baby episode, but uh, we did a 0083 after that. But you know, the way we recorded them, we had some time in between and, and there was some cushion. So, I mean, I think approximately yeah. Zeta was, was COVID. Yeah. Approximately. We, we've been doing Zeta for the better part of a year. <laughs> I think I think double Zeta will go a little bit faster, mostly because I think we'll be able to burn through the first twenty episodes uh, at a better pace than we were able to burn through a lot of double Zeta. Um, but Zeta the last is easier to follow and just not as thematically heavy. Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely good. So when we get there, follow along with us, and then we'll talk about Char two and Char's counterattack. They're definitely not original Shard, despite what we just saw at the end of Zeta. <laughs> Maybe the one in Shard's counterattack, that's the, the one in Origin, is Shard 1, and he survived. And or or maybe the Carbines... <laughs> maybe the Carbines found Shard's body, or Wong or somebody, found his body in the Zeta, or in the Hyakushiki, pulled it out, and used that DNA to like create clones. 
He's like Darth Vader'd up, or, or no, no, uh, what is it? Um, from the newest Star Trek movie or Star Wars movie? Uh, oh he, no! <laughs> he's he's an really? evil, he's an evil clone of the Emperor. That's that that just sits and and absorbs everything. Things that should have remained in the old expanded universe forever and ever. <laughs> anyway, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you again in two weeks for the finale of Zeta. Uh, thanks for following along. Check us out on Twitter at NewTypeFlashPod on uh, the Mobile Suit Gundam subreddit. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye.